see, uh, she's like, pretty much, I don't have to have the liquid money to make this uh, come about. Yeah. And then you send me um, a couple ways we can get it done. Right. But how do you look at big projects where a person doesn't have the money, but they have a vision and an idea? How do you, how are, what's your perspective on that? So I've learned, you know, um, just through receipts, I'm really good at making people money. And people love to give me money because I'm good at making them money, mm. right? Whenever you didn't know me and you had to send me your money for the first time, you was like shaking in your temps. Like, you know mm. what I'm saying? You was like, <laughs> you was like, you know, you had every question as you should, right? Like there was nothing wrong with your due diligence. Um, your due diligence in question in questioning me. But, you know, it got to a point where I was like, I don't want to take anything from you that's going to make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so because I know what I'm capable of, I never operate outside of that. So I'm not going to just take your money and, you know, go buy, you know, a tech company. I don't know nothing about that. I'm not going to put no money there. But if I tell you this is a real estate asset that I can show you how we can make money from it, then I feel confident that I can stand behind that. The other mm. thing is this. I hear people talk about OPM all the time, which is, yes, that is the vehicle you use. But I never use OPM without using my own money either. That means I put in some skin in the game. So if anybody get a haircut, we're equally taking a haircut mm. and we can all hold the same sign. Mm. I got burned. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure. So I think because <clears throat> I understand the relationship I have with um, investors, you know, I'm able to see something a lot different than how you would be able to see it on your own. So for you, you like, you know, I got to figure this out on my own. Honestly, that's a poverty thinking that we were trained as children to do. Right. Because in school, you, you know, um, I think Robert um, Kioski said it best. However, you said it last night. Right. He said in school, you taught it's cheating. And as an adult, you taught it's collaboration. Mm -hmm. And so, because we're taught that it's cheating and we have to figure it out on our own, we're constantly trying to figure things out on our own. But if we learn how to collaborate, we can build each other up a lot faster than we could on our own. So when I started with one property, I started exactly where I was. And then I started building my portfolio and people start seeing that. And then I got a consistent group of investors who just rock with me and believe in me and trust me. So if I say, hey, I'm going to invest here, their money is going to follow. So now I'm able to acquire a whole lot more than what I would on my own. Yeah. So people um, have been taught that, you know, growing up and this is something that was literally learned unintentionally. Mm -hmm. We just got to figure out how to break that for sure. because it holds a lot of us back. And I'm not saying every great idea person invest in them or do something like that, but I'm saying it do, it will hold you back if you're trying to, you know, take on this elephant by yourself without cutting it up. I enjoy sharing and I enjoy, I genuinely enjoy watching people make money through real estate and become extremely excited. Like you seeing your rental property in person for the first time. Like I always go back and watch that when I'm having like a crappy day. Cause I'm like, that joy is contagious because this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. You know? So that's how I look at it. I think that was, that was amazing. Cause we literally went, went past my property that I own and I didn't know it because I never saw it before. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So she drives me by because I'm in Louisiana. And she's like, yo, she points at that property. I'm like, ooh, can we buy that? Yeah. I'm like, is that an investment? Yeah, that's what he's saying. And she just looked yeah. at me like, what? Mm-hmm. Then I see the streets. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. I've owned that for years now. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know, right? Because mm-hmm. the property management company manages it. And I thought that was like super cool. But um, so I want to get into the deal. Oh, before we get into the deal, mm-hmm. before we get into the deal, you are building... You're gonna you're built you're gonna be building your office mm-hmm. in Lafayette. Yes. Tell me how you're structuring that deal. So I'm building. Um, so first of all, it's a five story building that I'm looking to take over. They're asking one point eight. I'm trying to get it for one point five, and I'm trying to do a half a million in renovations. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, in that building, we already have existing tenants we have 47 percent of the building is occupied already so i'm not going to disturb that occupancy that's income that i'm walking into that people are leasing their office spaces from me right Mm -hmm. and then from there i'm going to build the tls headquarters going up well what does that look like for investors right well number one you have ownership in the asset then we have income that's being charged from the tenants, which I'm going to TLS will be a tenant in that building as well, paying rent. Mm-hmm. And so we will be generating rental income every single month from every single person who got an office inside of that building. Yeah. So investors would re- will receive a return of their investment as a whole off of that building. Gotcha. Here's the thing. It's, it's 1.5, right? You're going to put a half a million into it. Mm-hmm. So $2 million. Mm-hmm. You have $2 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like having $2 million, though. I'm just saying. I, I'm, 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 I'm getting better. I'm mm-hmm. getting better. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to wrap my head around if you have $2 million, and it's not your last $2 million, mm-hmm. why don't you just put your own money into it right so let me say this right there's two ways to look at this okay so whenever you have you know um two million dollars in a bank in real estate it's not two million Mm -hmm. okay it's gonna be a x on that right so let's just say what is you know i don't know 10 million dollars what is 20 percent of 10 million dollars Two hundred thousand. i mean two million thank you yeah that's 10 million dollars i have so two million is ten million in real estate. In real estate, right? Gotcha. So if I just take that whole two million and put it there, right, it's sitting there. That's it, mm-hmm. right? I don't have ten million right now. I would have to go leverage the building and do all of that. But I can buy up to ten million dollars in real estate with the two million that I have in the bank. Do that make yes. sense? Yes. So why would I want to just take a full two million and park it in one place? And I can break it up literally into different parts and take, let's just say $500,000 and put into the building that I'm buying. And then I take another $500,000 and put into another billion that's, you know, probably valued at $5 million. I'm going to double my money by breaking my money up and using other OPM, other people money to come along with my money than I would just having my $2 million in one building. I have more buying power now when I break up that two million than I would taking that full two million and putting it into one property. Okay. Okay. So two million dollars, twenty percent of that is four hundred thousand. Why not just take four hundred thousand and put it into the building, finance the rest, and then 
you got it. You gonna manage it. You're doing all mm-hmm. of the work. Mm-hmm. Why not just take four hundred thousand? Just put it in there. So I'm not doing all of the work. I'm setting up all the people to do the work. Okay, that makes sense. So that's number one. The second thing is this, right? If I can take OPM and pay a percentage to investors, I'm not only paying for them to receive a return on their investment. I'm paying for future investments. Because if I never make an investor no money, I would never have a pool of investors to go and acquire more real estate with. So when I'm looking at the investment side of it, yeah, I can put $400,000 down, go to a bank and the bank can give me this money at, let's just say 8%. Or I can go here, do a preferred rate of return to my investors, give them 8% annually, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing I probably would give to the bank. But on top of that, now they trust that I'm paying them a preferred rate of return that when I go to my next real estate development, they're going to be right there along with me. You see what I'm saying? So I don't have to go and search for money. Money is expensive depending on where you get it from. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're in an insurance crisis in Louisiana. It is very expensive to go to the bank right now. Very. The moment you take out money from the bank, you are conditioned to their terms that are regulated by the federal government. And because you're regulated, you have to have certain things that's forced upon you. Like, let's just say... Flood insurance. Okay. Well, we had one project where, you know, the bank was ready to give us the check $2 million like that. Right. But we had to get flood insurance. Well, flood insurance would have made our investment be cash flow negative. That means we would have been paying to keep this asset. It would have been negative. No, it was. Really? Yes, it would have been negative. We would have been paying a few thousand dollars a month. So keep in mind, Dave, right? We only make a half a only. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But we only make a half a million dollars a year. Two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars of that was going to have to go towards insurance only. Oh. That don't include the debt from the bank that we're taking on, which was another hundred and eighty thousand dollars. It don't include our five employees that we have. It don't include the maintenance reserve that we have. Like you get what I'm saying? It would have been negative mm. a lot. I think by thirty three percent we calculated. Goodness gracious! Yeah, it would have been a haircut. Okay. So you have to know when is the right time to use certain money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes, that 400000 may be cute right there, but what is it going to cost me? I am so grateful that we are not over leveraged and that we understood the importance of leveraging um, OPM the right way, that because we have this insurance crisis, we're not feeling it at all. Mm-hmm. We able to self-insure our properties. That's the power of being able to have your own bank and owning it yourself. You make the rules. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I really think uh, this is a, a good season and you're starting to see it the, of like mergers, not mergers, but um, yeah, mergers um, and just collaborations. Yeah. Like if you think of, look at the season that we're in of what um, we, we never saw Adidas and Gucci do a design mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or what is it? Uh, uh, Versace and I don't know who they're collab. Oh, um, Versace and something. Findachi, Fendi. Fendi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never did. I think that's one is a sign that uh, something's coming where people need to collaborate together. Right. But um, I want to kind of talk about 
any issues that either one of you ever had in terms of collaboration because those are things that need to be discussed. Yeah. Like what are what are what are the things that you discuss up front? You've done collaborations, right? Mm-hmm. What are some holes that you've had? Yeah, so holes is I got a few, several. Um, we talk about us, huh? <laughs> Our situation. Our situation? Just yeah, no paperwork. We cool. We just we still don't got no paperwork. Oh, bro, we had to we had to just chalk it and say, okay, we're gonna start at zero. Yeah, we yeah. don't know who owes who. Like very ghetto. Y'all, all that money you starting at zero? Yeah, all that money. I still think he owed me more money though. And nah, I mean, certain. I'm things, not starting at zero. Yeah, we might start at twenty. I that's what I told him. I was like, I'm just cool give me with twenty. 20 just give me twenty grand. Said, we call it even. <laughs> I was like, yeah, just give me the 20,000. Yeah, 20 we'd be good. So more of a story, I think, a couple things. One, I believe you do need to get, like a lot of things, is like, we just be running. I yeah. do think you need to get an LLC and an operating agreement yep. with whatever partner. I believe you need to sit down before this starts yep. and clearly map out what is the plan, like, and also map out what happens if this goes south. Yep. If this thing go totally wrong, will we remain friends? Will we, for me personally, in some businesses, for me, the money ain't worth the friendship. So I'd rather have a friendship with him versus we don't got to make any money no more if this is going to ruin our friendship right. that I think is more important for me than money. Mm-hmm. So I think getting very clear on on that would be one whole. Second whole would really be, and this is a big one for me, is just really understanding the scope of work. Yes. That is like a, because a lot of partnerships for me, I do more work than the, than the other people who I partner with. It Are you with, saying that you do more work than Shans does? Are you saying that if y'all got together, that y'all Shans. you would do more work than Donnie if y'all came together? I, I, I we haven't did it yet, so I can't say that. But I'm saying in general, <laughs> I'll do more work than the other party sometimes. But for clarity, do you do more work in your partnerships with David than David does? Well. David got a very specific thing that he does, but overall, I do more work than him. One hundred percent. Do you feel like David, I do want more work? One thousand percent. Do you feel like David yes, needs to bring more work to the table? I believe David could bring more work. We just got to really identify what that is so he could do it. Yeah, I feel like. Or here's the, here's the less difference. Than let me the tell percentage. you the difference, though. Let me tell you the difference. Let me tell you the difference. He don't want to hear less percentage, though. Why he, would I do that? Have yeah. you pitched less percentage? We got a war. We have a very successful formula. Have you pitched <clears throat> less percentage? Just curious. Would no, you pitch I, less I, percentage? I haven't. I would pitch less. Depends on what it is. Yeah. Okay. Like so, if we about to go acquire something, I know, yo, I just need you for this. I don't. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I will say that in our partnerships, Neo is the visionary. In terms of like how the thing's going to flow. He is the quarterback, mm-hmm. right? However, a lot of his work is this is what needs to happen. <laughs> Am He's I right? A delegator. Am I lying? Yeah, but that's that works. That's no, I, I like, can't. You want but, me to write an email? But he's saying, but he's his thing is <sighs> these he'll come up with a structure. These are the things that need to happen. But in the things that he says needs to happen, I actually have to do them. Because you don't so have, have a team to, to help the content, you do that part. I, have to, I mean, we yeah. still got to edit it and send it out and do the yeah. insertions and yeah. like all that kind of stuff. So it's not, you for sure don't do not do more work. I for sure do. You're just saying that your work is more, I don't even know if you'd say it's more valuable. 
First is off, what do you valuable? do, Neo? Just tell, I do a just, lot, tell, bro. just tell me I do a what lot. it is that you do in this partnership. Well, well we have a me, bunch of partnerships. Yeah, bro. well, in general partnerships, I'm more so the marketer, come up with the marketing plan. I bring my team to the you table. Do the marketing or you come up with the marketing plan? I do a mix of both. In our situations? Absolutely. Yeah. He does the marketing too. You do the marketing? For our main? We, who do you think do the Okay, tell meaning me. Meaning, I'm not talking about the marketing that you do. Okay. I'm not tell talking me about your. Marketing. I'm okay. talking about the strategy with selling. The strategy you with. You see what I'm saying? It's always the lead of strategy. That's but not, that is tell important. Me what, the strategy I, I, is what? I agree it's important. I you know crazy? it's important. That's why I am, I am satisfied with what happens. Someone else go launch a product versus let them, let them launch a product versus me. I'm going to outbeat a lot of people right? because but, they're not thinking strategy. They're like, yo, they, they did Beyonce effect. I saw that she today put up Renaissance coming. I don't yes. even know when that is. Yeah, she's a lot. Then, like she <gasps> got, she got the provocative post too. I was like, yes. she got the sauce. Yeah, somebody like me, I gotta build. I gotta spend a month. Beyonce to makes me feel it. like I can do photo shoots like that. Let me ask you, well when respected. is that show? Because I, li- I said I want to send my wife and get the best seats. So Where's they haven't dropped Atlanta? tickets yet, but they say the uh, dates start in um, July. Isn't that Good. amazing? Yeah. You want to get something. You don't know when it is. You just. And I've never seen my wife go to a concert a lot, but I'm sure you say you talk about Beyonce concert's experience. It's an experience. So I want to go get the best seats. She got to get. What's the best seats? Like five so, bands? I don't know. When I went to her last concert, floor seats were only like $2,000. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I the only floor seats that I really, really love, like front row is Beyonce. Everybody mm. else, I kind of want to be in a suite because mm. I don't like people. But you need the people. You need the energy. Yeah. You got to be on the floor. Beyonce. Now, that Usher drink was crazy, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. Usher was nuts. And I, w- I want to say Usher this, too. Usher was nuts, but we, we were on the floor, but we were the they had the floor kind of set back a little mm. bit and they had it so nicely spaced out that it wasn't like a crowd of. People. I don't want to buy a sweat on me though. That's what I'm saying. Like that drip in that sweat. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not the crowd that I'm looking for. So Lil Wayne is also going on tour starting in April. I don't want floor seats there. Mm-hmm. I want great seats. Go. But Lil Wayne brings the sweaters on yours. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So back to I what want to you say do. this before we do that because mm-hmm. it's so important. She said something critical that somebody's going to listen to it and it's going to sound like a lot. She said Beyonce tickets are only two thousand. Anybody in here was like, only. <laughs> Anybody, be honest, was like. The regular seats are 2000 When I went to her last concert, I got floor seats for $2,000. Oh, the floor seats, okay, yeah. got you. But I, I say all this to say is one. Not front row, for clarity. Gotcha. One, is relative, but what I, everybody listening, you need to start putting the word only in front of everything that you do. Because you got to adjust your mindset to go from a scarcity mindset to a pot like oh, it's only two thousand. How much yeah. you make today? I only made ten thousand yeah. today. Yeah. Like you got to change, and then how you look at money will begin to change. It was only ten grand for, for that yeah. ticket. Yeah. So I just just wanted to get to get okay. that to the so people. So back to what you do in a partnership. Yeah. So so strategy, right? So <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Because yeah, I'm trying to no, no. I'm important. saying because he want. I think your idea is that you want me to be when I say send the text. I'm writing the text. I'm not sending the text out. You don't write the text. I do write a lot Yourself? of the text. Yeah, absolutely. The because don't I don't like when they write them. It's not enough urgency and scarcity in in the text. Gotcha. So people aren't buying 
when they need to buy. They yeah. they giving them, yeah, you got to tell next year to buy. Got it. And okay. they ain't buying. All right. So several times I'm writing that text. Yeah. Several times I am writing an email. out, But I'm sitting here trying to architect how can we get as many people to buy. Like I'm literally trying to architect the events, the virtual events, the tickets when somebody buying to get a lot of people to buy at a short period of time. Yes. And that requires... That is more important, I think, than a lot of things. I agree. It's very important. But we can't say you do more work. I you do understand what work. I'm saying? So I look at me doing more work. Also, if I'm bringing 10, 15 people to the table, that's also doing work to move this thing forward. Yeah, you'd be reaching out to me to get the people, though. I'm not talking about Almost. graphics and stuff. No, 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 talk- like, like talent and stuff, right? I'm not talking. That's one leg of it. Okay. How did all this infrastructure stuff get done? That's yeah, what for sure. I'm talking. I ain't talking about. I agree with you. I'm just yeah. not letting you diminish my work because I'll be working. No, I'm not saying you don't work, but but we got to get you to work more. But she instigated it, bro. Yeah. Actually, now, like I'm like, yo, Shannon, oh, we got our podcast up and running. I need you to run all the dynamic ads in my podcast mm-hmm. and everybody else's. Yep. You didn't want to do that. I do do it. You didn't do that. I, you you didn't run no dynamics on my stuff. We had to go figure it out. But uh, that's yeah. your no, no, skill no, no, set. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That's your thing. So let me tell you, though. Let me tell you, this is what happened. He said, yo, can you show me how to do it? I said, yes. So we sat here, got together, showed him how to do it. Every step of the way. But he showed me also. I'm not really. You asked me to show. Yeah, just so I know. (laughs) He was like, yo, all right, man, can you do it? I just showed you that. Then I was like, all right, just bring your team, and then we could do it. But moral of the story. So this is a conversation. It's very important, right? That... Like in a partnership, first off, partnerships are hard. I agree. Um, most partnerships don't work out. I am blessed to have a few like with you and you that actually work out. Right. But that's a luxury. That's not that's not like always because outside of the things that we both do, there's also emotion and feeling and situation. If let's say, for instance, you and I go half on a building. And we're splitting the sales team. Well, I guess it's all commission, right? Yep. It's all yeah. commission. Well, let's just say, for instance, we're splitting the sales. We, we split the sales team. Now, neither one of us have to pay. But one person is closing a whole lot more deals or one person is using up the space more than I would be, even though it's not that I can't use it, but it's just you're using it way more than me. So there are so many different ways to structure in that case. We Mm -hmm. could have a 50-50 partnership where the expense is our 50-50. So we could say, all right, me and Nia are going to go into this building. Me and you are going into a building 50-50. We are splitting the cost and the expenses of the real estate 50-50. Utilities, mortgage, all that stuff. Housekeeping, Mm -hmm. upkeep. But when it comes to team, right, um, I might use, let's, let's say the sales team were on salary. I might use the sales team 80% of the time and you just use them on a project basis. Then we could say, then you have billable hours. So if you want to come into the sales team, we're not necessarily splitting their salaries 50, 50, but when they work for you, you have billable hours. So how many hours do you utilize them a day? And then monthly you reimburse me those billable hours. Everything isn't about 50, 50, 30, 40. Like you just have to know, be clear in the arrangement and, and go from there. To you, it's not. So well, let's say, let's yeah, say, for instance, just let, don't know. let's just say, let's say electric bill is a thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. right? I'm in the building two days a week, but for some reason, Neil burning that joint up. He up there all the time. He's shooting content, 
videos, all that kind of stuff. Bills a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. How long do I pay five hundred before I'm like, yo, I'm not even in there? Then you need to get in there. Okay, but you can see, but you can see where there can be some sort of agreement. Like, there's a, these are all the things you got to think of up front. So, uh, in terms of a partnership, important. give me some partnerships where you know you should have said something or you should have put something in place, and it just didn't work out. I think one of the things I think this is. This is important, man. You need, and I don't know if this is a clause, but just a transparent clause where this is something I've learned because I've done work with people and just, I just didn't say certain things because I don't want to offend them. Give me an example. Um, If you got to say something to me, bro, just tell me. No, 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 no. I, I tell you, I don't gotta, I'm going to tell you, I don't care. You know. So I, I'll use you for example, Shans, I'm working with you and you told me you were going to post on social media. This is a general one. You told me you were going to post on social media. You told me you were going to go live. You said all of these things that you said you're going to do and you're not, you're doing 20% of those things that you said. So now in this clause, before I even start, hey, listen, so one of the things I want to do is I want to go ahead and create a transparent clause. And what this is, is this is an open door where you be honest with me. I'll be honest with you. If I'm not fulfilling the obligation, you let me know. If I'm dropping the ball, you let me know. And you do the exact same thing. So right now you outline that you're going to post on social media. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. If you are not doing that, I'm going to let you know. And you can't feel any, any way about that. Uh, you can't guarantee that, though. No, when I say you could feel a way about, but I'm not going to not say it, and then we just we just allow this to just linger on. Yeah. If, Whether it's in a I don't know you can not, contract though. that, I don't know, but, but just like verbally communicate Verbally communicate that, yeah. it so we're so on the same page. I Where I am right now and what I know about myself, I only desire to pick partners like I pick my clients. If I, in the pre-consultation call, tell you that I'm very direct, if things aren't going the way that they need to go, then we, you know, after such and such occurrences, like I tell my clients, if you come to the third call with me and you hadn't done what you're supposed to do, now it's time that we have a conversation about going separate ways Mm. and I don't offer refunds. So I'm just letting you know that, right? Mm. And so my clients know, let me do the work because I've already paid Donnie and she's not providing a refund. So when I have to have the conversation, I'm like, that conversation that I told you we'd have to have, we need to have that. And they fully get it. There's no hard feelings, even though there is a hard conversation sometimes. Yeah. So maybe just kind of, and, and I, I'd like to think ideally I want my partnerships to work that way as well. Um, where it's like, look now, y'all know I'm direct. If y'all drop in the ball, mm-hmm. we're going to have a conversation and we're still going to be good because I know how to, I will only partner with people who are emotionally intelligent enough to know how to separate a hard conversation from a bad relationship. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I don't think people get me though like that. When I'm driving, like when I'm like pushing our team, it's like it's, I'm being a, I'm a jerk or something. But like I that. know that you're a jerk in that space, right? <laughs> I mean, no, no. <laughs> oh. Andrew, fix your face, bro. Yes, he is. Say it louder for the people over here. Um, No, I mean, but but you know, we know this, Neo. You're the so Neo is like split personality. He's so freaking nice to me. Me and Sonya were talking about you yesterday, and I said, um, I said, Neo. We were talking about people who are like big personality. 
And I'm like, Neo is always on 10. And she's like, yeah, he's a 10. But with me, he's like a three. This is what Sonya's saying. I'm like, you know what? Neo's a three with me too. I can't imagine Neo treating his team this way. But we bring different value perspective to, it's, it's a partnership conversation. It's a colleague conversation. So it's different. I can be, there are moments, I'm not ever a jerk to my team, but like, for example, somebody dropped a ball this morning. And I no longer ask you, I no longer talk to you about it because you've dropped this ball before. We've already discussed it. Mm. So I sent a message this morning and said, I don't need to send a message. And they responded, won't ever happen again. Mm. That could be perceived as me being a jerk, but it's not. It's me not being a jerk because I know the jerk that I could be. Right. Mm. I don't want to talk to you about this, but my team understands now, like, why we got to talk about the same thing? We've already talked about this. So I'm going to send you like a code word before it gets ugly, right? There's never a reason in a professional setting that it needs to get ugly. Anyway, back to the point. I don't ever want to work with a staff or a client or a partner that I first don't genuinely like. When you genuinely like people, you handle things differently. I also ever, don't ever want to work with the partner. Like if I observe that either of you didn't make integral moves, like we've had some behind the scenes conversations. I've heard struggles and partnerships and deals and, and I've listened to your heart speak on, man, this is happening, but this is what I really want to see happening. And oh no, I can't do that because then that would make me look. I know that you guys operate at a high level of integrity. So you're great with partnerships. If you talk grimy, like a, Mm-mm, not gonna say their name, uh, but if you talk grimy, he gonna have you say their name. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. So you know the situation that we had, and you were like, "Man, I ain't never felt so uncomfortable in my life." You did a partnership with somebody. It was like a Zoom, and you were like, "Yo, for real, I never felt more uncomfortable in my life." You gotta tell me after. I'm trying to remember. No, I've, I've, I've definitely had some situations. You know who I'm talking it. about? Well, I don't know. It's been a couple times when you're like, mm, "I don't know if I could." Uh, it's like with the person. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah, so a few, and, and I and I respect Neil for that too. He's look like, at your text messages. I'm not. Feel, did you Did you put in a group chat? <laughs> I'm not look. checking mine. Oh, what's up, podcaster or soon to be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th. Two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. 
But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people t- listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal oh uh, yeah 100 but it was a couple situations that way yeah but you're so about, you about to say something I'm that sorry. person i would never partner with yeah ever you'd have to pay me a fee for what i bring to the table I don't necessarily trust you on the back end to do the right thing. Yeah, so I'm, I wouldn't partner yeah, with you. Man, that's that's serious piece. And I think another thing, just with partnerships, I think this is a good thing. You almost got to date the person first. Mm-hmm. I actually want to be friends with the people I'm partnering with. It's not just a money thing. Sometimes you can just do it on the money, but it's a lot better when you actually friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, again, some of these you don't acquisitions, it's, yeah. it may be a little different, but we're looking at acquiring a company. Now we had a conversation and the guy was like, hey, let's let's just try this out first. And but we did an hour Zoom call, just really understanding. I got to feel your energy and just feel where you're at, like your work. It's just a whole bunch of things that preliminary yeah, I would like to see or do to even see if it makes sense. That just gave me an idea for but, us. But even some of the things I partner with people, I'll do it once and I may don't do it again. Mm-hmm. They may don't want to do it with me again. Like, yo, this guy's a driver. I'm cool on yeah. that. And sometimes for me, it's like, yep, it, that didn't really work out. I love project partnerships yeah. instead of company partnerships at first. Yeah. So you and I partnered on a bunch of part, uh, project partnerships before we went all in you know, together on this. And that makes a difference because you know how I work. Yep. I know how you work. 
We know the value that you bring to the table. So that's actually like not a bad place to start if you're looking to partner with somebody before you're like, oh, let's merge our brands and let's blah, 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 blah and represent this thing. Just do a project first and see how that works. And then if that project works well, do do another one and just make sure because you'll meet you'll meet somebody's representative. You'll meet their representative because they see an opportunity in you in some way. So they're mm-hmm. going to be on their best behavior, but have a couple of tough times, have tickets, not selling the way tickets should be selling. Mm-hmm. You know, how invested are you still have the people not show up the way they, you know, in money and go through some things before, just like a relationship, like you said, dating yeah. and get to know, but obviously that's not possible in every situation. It's not, yeah. That's why you got to really pick them. Well, I think. Your fr- when was your when did you open your second restaurant? What year was that? 2020. 2020. 2020. So about 2 years ago. Yeah. How many employees did you have at your first restaurant? My first restaurant I st- I had probably like 22. So you go from 22 employees to 350 in 2 years. 350. Let me tell you something very interesting. So when I go around my employees, I don't know a lot of them now. And at first I used to feel bad about it because I used to know everybody. But now I'm like, hi, I'm Pinky. What's your name? And I had to also shake that because I used to feel bad. Like, damn, like, I don't even know them. Like, but I realized I'm building an empire. You won't know everybody's name, but as long as you can make an impact on the people who work for you and with you, then you're doing the right thing. But. I definitely don't know. <laughs> so tell me about this layered leadership. Like who's hot? Like, okay. So like from your position of, okay, I interview the person, they come on, I like them. Mm-hmm. What was that transition? Cause I think there are a lot of people that are watching it. Maybe they have their one restaurant, but now it's going to be time to go to the next level. What was that leadership transition? Like it was interesting. So I just promoted my CRO. His name is Jason crane. I don't even know what CRO is. Chief Revenue Officer. Okay. Chief Revenue Officer. <laughs> yes. Um, so I just promoted him to president. And I promoted him to president because I didn't turn into a D-list celebrity. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I started doing more interviews and growing the business from the outside. So I had to make a really hard decision. And it was the same decision that I made when I went from one location to two and three. When I used to be in a restaurant flipping burgers and shaking fries and being customer service and HR and all that stuff. And I knew that my business couldn't grow if I was inside of the business. Mm -hmm. I had to step outside of the business. So after I stepped outside of the business, after location number two, I was working day to day in the business. I just wasn't so much in the restaurants. But then I got to a place where Slutty Vegan started getting super uber popular and they wanted to know the genius behind the brand. Mm -hmm. So guess what happens after that? Interviews. Yeah. On camera, out of the restaurant, out of the restaurant, like literally out of the day to day of the restaurant. So I had to play chess and playing chess was getting the one person in my business that had the mental smarts and the uh, intellectual energy to be able to continue to take my business to the next level internally so that I can grow the business from the outside. And that was Jason Crane, who was my CRO. And now he's my president. And I'm glad I made the decision. Did you develop that in him or did he already come lit? Well, he came lit. So he, he has a background. He owned a uh, part of part pig. He sold his company to his um, Amazon. He, um, oh, wow. he used to work at Google. He's the tech guy. Right. So like super smart guy, but he understood business before mm-hmm. he came to me. So when he came on board in 2020, 
I almost like was grooming him into position. All right, here's the business. He's never been in a restaurant industry Mm -hmm. and it was an opportunity for him to learn and to grow. And he actually uh, did the negotiations alongside my lawyer for my raise. Mm. So when it came time to make that transition to step outside of the day to day of the restaurant, I promoted him to president and say, here, (laughs) 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 this is the throne. Now you run my company. And although I have the final say on everything, um, he runs the day to day of the company from the inside and I run the company from the outside. So he does hiring, marketing, like everything. He doesn't do everything. So we have departments. So I have an operations department. I have a marketing team. I have a catering and booking team. I have the HR department. But is he over all of those departments? So he is the overarching element. Yes. So he connects directly with the department heads and he Mm -hmm. has his meetings with them. And then he reports it up to me. Right. So we have our weeklies. We have our meetings. But the moral to the story is he runs the day to day of the business. Right. So I'm still very familiar on what happens with my business strategy execution. I still go and look at properties um, to vet out for potential slutty vegans. I still go to the high level meetings. We still have our high level meetings, all of our company wide engagements. I'm still present for. But I speak on behalf of the business. Nobody talks about the business except for me because I created this company Um, and the dynamic works. It's a high level of trust. Well, you have to trust him. So trust is a very fickle thing, right? When we talk about trust in business, I am trusting that the money that I am giving him to run my company is sustainable enough for him to have a adequate level of living mm-hmm. so that he is comfortable enough to be able to run my company in a way that he can use his expertise to do a good job. Yeah. Right. People will fail you in life, right? I don't put 100% of my trust in nobody. I don't care who it is, (laughs) right? But what I do know is that I am trusting that what I am putting him in position to do, then he can get the job done. Now, if he proves that otherwise, then he he messed it up on his own. But everybody gets the opportunity to have a first chance. And so far, he's been doing a great job. Good, good. What have you had to learn about leadership, though? What I had to learn a lot about leadership and I'm still learning about leadership. Yeah. I'm very impulsive. Sure. Right. So how I've grown this company is if I want something, I want it done right now. Go get it. Right. Like yeah. it needs to happen right now. But I realize as I grow the company and I have so many people in place, there's something called a chain of command. Mm-hmm. So I used to like skip past everybody. Like if I paid you to be everybody boss, <laughs> now I used to skip past everybody and tell that person directly. But what I was doing was I was undermining the person who was in charge. Mm-hmm. So I no longer do that anymore. Yeah. I follow the chain of command, even as the CEO and the creator of this company, even though I know I could pick up the phone and say, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. I no longer do that because I am now respecting boundaries of the people that I put in place to be able to run my company because they also need to feel empowered to make certain decisions to lead their team. And if I keep coming and throwing monkey wrenches in their operation, it's just, everything is always chaotic because people are always going to listen to the CEO before anybody else. Right. So I now follow the chain of command, something that I took a long time to learn how to do. And I'm finally at a place where I've gotten a lot better with that. So I'm proud of me. Dang, I feel triggered. I do that all the time. <laughs> I'm like, gotta, ah, you, just do it the way I do. You got to stop doing that. And mm. I'm also talking to myself too, because there are yeah. moments where I just want to pick up the phone and shut <laughs> down, right? But I also realize is 
that is not a healthy environment to grow and scale a business. And that's a hard conversation I had to have with myself. And in order to grow this company in a way that I want to grow it, I also have to learn how to respect the boundaries of the people who are in this business with me that's helping me to grow this empire. Yes. So tell me how that came about. So um, a friend of mine's named Who Camille, she's actually an artist in the Atlanta area rapper. Um, she was on Twitter one day. And Los, if you know, I call him Los, but if you know Carlos from 85 South, he's constantly tweeting out black businesses, asking somebody, send me this, send me that. So she. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts.
was on Twitter one day and she saw a tweet and Carlos tweeted, um, anybody own got a black owned candle company. And she knew me as her friend who made the candles. So she sent me a text like, hey, Carlos just tweeted this. I'm going to DM him and tell him about you. And you DM him too. And I'm like, all right, bet. So I sent him a DM like, hey, what's up, Carlos? My name is Jeremy. I make candles. Um, can I send you some? What's your address? Um, and then he's like, yeah, that's a bet. Send me some. And I sent them to him. And then so the relationship started there. He got them. Um, and I, I think he didn't think I was going to send him as soon as possible. I sent him like the same day. So right. he got them. And then one thing about Carlos is he loves candles. Mm. And then Does one, he? Yeah, he loved, like, if you go to his house, he has a hundred, and not even just my candles, but hundreds of candles just around. So I'm like, all right, he, like, actually, like, candles, he's a comedian. And I think with people like that who um, are famous or have influence, sometimes you got to present them with an opportunity. So I sent him candles. He loved them. And I was teaching one day, and I was like, damn, it would be crazy if me and Carlos parted up for his own candle. And he's not thinking about it because he has so much going on. But I hit him up like, hey, Carlos, you know, um, in a comedian industry or, or your lane, nobody really has a candle product. And it's not a money grab because you actually love candles. Yeah. So I said it would be dope if we collabed a partner up on a candle. And he was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Just put it together. And I remember I was teaching one day, um, and his, his assistant called me. Or he called me, matter of fact. And I'm like, yeah, man, what's up with the candles? What's the prices like and all that? And I think one thing on my end is he didn't have to do a lot of work. I had the plan ready. I said, we can name it this. I can send you some sense. You can say yay or nay if you like it. We can do the sticker like this. And I had the concept or the idea, and he ran with it. So, Real quick, was the name of your company Good Day Sense before you met them? Yeah. Okay, and I We can talk about how I got that name yeah. as well. But, um, but but when you were talking to Carlos, and that's Carlos Miller from uh, yeah, 85, 85 South, y'all. Yeah. Um, if but you were talking to him saying, yo, I can make your brand of candles for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I got you. Mm -hmm. So we partnered up, and what we did was he had a different jar. He had a different sticker, a different scent. I think he had an icon of him on it um, and a couple other icons, and we did his candle. Um, and then he just gave me the, the opportunity, which I think was there, because a lot of people missed the opportunity. He gave me the opportunity saying, yeah, let's do it. And then I came through and delivered. And then so we dropped his candle, and we sold hundreds of them online. And all he really? had to do was post them, and I made it easy for him. I said, look, I'll take care of the, the shipping and fulfillment. I just need you to post on social. And the candles went crazy. And he has a lot of other products. This is just one that yeah. was added to his list of products. So I met him. Um, he was a stand-up, solid guy. We didn't even have a contract. It was just all for word of mouth. But he trusted me and could see through my integrity that, yo, yeah. he's going to do good business. And he trusted me. And then You made him and shipped him. Mm -hmm. He just had to post. And all right, I did right. was send him his cutter, what he made. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Good profit margin on candles? For sure. Okay. Definitely. Okay. So um, when did y'all have a deeper conversation? So after we did the collab, Chad called me. And it was not like, oh, let's get in the business. Like, hey, what's up, I'm Chad? I'm Carlos' business manager. I'm just introducing myself. You know, the typical calling you, feeling you. Yeah, I'm like, all right, what's sure. up, Chad? You know, all right, cool. It's good to meet you. But I will say with, with Chad and Carlos, everything has always been genuine. It hasn't been like a money grab or anything they're trying to take from, from me. I think they just saw something in me and said, yo, let's invest in this young black man. Mm -hmm. And Chad also loves candles. So I met Chad, um, and then that was in 2019 when we did Carlos collab. And then we officially made it official November 2020. And Carlos Miller and Chad Oubre became my business partner in good days since. Good. Okay. I got to get into the business side a little yeah. bit, okay? So what did, did, did they have a proposal for you or did they ask you to give them a proposal? 
They asked me to give them a proposal. Honestly, Chad and Los have so much going on. This is just one other thing amongst the things they have going on. Not meaning that it's a priority, but they like, yo, look, we investing in you. We see the money long term. We're not really in your pocket now. What do you want to do? What's comfortable for you? And a lot of times in business, when you meet partners, they don't do that. They be like, look, I got this amount of money for you. I need this percent. Take it. Yeah, your neighbor. When I met them, it, it was like the perfect situation. Yeah. And Chad was like, what do you want to be comfortable um, yeah, and what you need. And a lot of things I think that stood out to me was that when we were going into business, it was never a lot on what they wanted from me. It was like, yo, what do you want from us? What do you need us to do? What do you need to build and grow this? How can you live off of this full time? So that really stood out to me. And I never met anybody who I didn't know before that that really believed in me. It was like, yo, what do you need? Like, we want you. I remember... The first time I came to Atlanta, um, I flew down and met with Chad. We just drove around town for like a day. He's doing a lot of business things. And he was like, bro, I want you to have this amount of money in your bank account. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And that kind of stood out because most times people just thinking about their cell phone, their end of their investor or partner. So I'm like, damn, you know what? And it's just been genuine mutual love since I met Carlos and Chad. Well, what was your proposal to them? My proposal to them was a certain percentage for a certain amount of money. Of course, Jeremy, I'm asking. <laughs> of course. I like what what percentage of your company were you willing to part with? Uh, about 20%. So 20 you, to 30%. So you said, yo, okay, it's between 20 and 30. Yeah. Okay. How much cash? Uh, they gave me about $20,000. Okay. But for candles, it's good. And I never took money from anybody before everything I've been yeah. doing with candles have been from my teacher's salary, just saving. Gotcha. But yeah. I ain't mad at that. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's not a, um, they got a big influence. Yeah, so exactly. even if it's like 20 grand, they're going to mm-hmm. turn it into much more. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Then your percentage is bigger. Mm-hmm. So, so that was your proposal. You said, okay, if I get 20 grand, it'd be good. If I get, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable giving away this particular percentage mm-hmm. and then we rock. You make the candles and fulfill them, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And they promote, put the marketing behind it. Is this their font? Did you? Did they design nah, that's it? That's all me. Everything. Product. It looked like the eighty-five South font, though. Yeah, no, nah, I had that before I met him. Yeah. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's been the same font since I originally started as a size in twenty eighteen. But everything from the font, the names, the layout, the look is all me. So yeah. business wise, everything is from Jeremy. Let me say this too. I think that ain't what you're also saying is I think you need an integrator. Yeah, for sure. The for issue sure. is sometimes we be the integrators too. It's like, mm-hmm. so you need to be able to say it to somebody and they just go, I got what you want, Neo. I got it. Mm-hmm. Everybody got to find. If you could find that right integrator. Hey, how you find one of them though? <sighs> Man, yeah. listen. Trial and error. <laughs> a little bit of equity sometimes. Yeah. Just... Higher salary. Higher salary. Like, this, Higher that's salary. a quarter million dollar a year type of role. Calm like, down, Neo, because uh, we got people watching this. Okay. Just, my fault. Chill on that, Neo. Chill. But the cool thing about the integrator is they make their money up from doing, because just say y'all had some, I know y'all always, he always got an idea. Yeah. You said one of them was done. Yeah. He, y'all had 20 of them. Oh, we've had. What if the integrator already knocked down 10 of them? So mm. you know what I'm doing? You know what's happening next week? What's that? I have been saying, David, the only thing that's holding us back is that we are both CEOs. I We're both visionaries. I'm a visionary and an integrator, but I don't have the capacity to necessarily integrate in the David and Donnie group. 
I have been saying for what, two months now, I'm going to just hire somebody to mm. be that person. It's happening next week. It's happening. Y'all it's happening that? next week. It's happening. The interview process is happening next week, okay, but yeah. I already have somebody in mind. Yeah, because we got we got a we got a company, bro, and they got money. We it's got like, bread. Yeah, it's, it's six figures in the account. Just mm. it just sits there. Yeah, wow. you know what I mean. Like we do stuff together, and the money comes in, and we just like obviously we we working on like some, you know, some investment stuff. But Donnie had the idea. She was like, "Yo, let's hire somebody to run this company." Yeah, that's like, it right there. I'm about to do it. And the person who I'm going to put in place for it, I feel away because I really wanted her to run my company. Like I've just been waiting you for the right time. Mind? Oh, for sure. I just haven't. Do I didn't I want them? her to. Huh? Do I know them? No, 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 no. Integrators, hit us up. Yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> she's she's going to be my integrator in training. I didn't want to share her with the David and Donnie group. I mm. wanted her to be all in on my group. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. and I'm gonna still figure that out. It's temporary, but we're gonna put it in place. <laughs> can, can we define an integrator? Because I I have the book Traction, but I haven't read it. But can we define what an integrator? The integrator would have read the book. Mm. Wow. The integrator would have read the book. I can't so, give you the. Go down. I can't get a perfect definition. Sure. I just know so, it's a door that take your ideas and go put them into action yep. and talk to all the people who need to make it work. Yeah. So even if we want to get a little bit more specific, when you are um, so in your company, there's always going to be two roles, two very important roles. One is your CEO and then the other is your COO. Most times you are one or the other. Right. Most times you're one or the other. There are very, very, very few people who can be both. Mm. Your CEO typically or your founder, because you can later go on as your company grows. We're just talking about like right now for most of us, right? Mm. The CEO. Hey, y'all, I ain't going to lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school and they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there, you don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door that way. No battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Ufi is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, it's, it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy. 
E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash Video Lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door, incredible. Okay, so search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash Video Lock. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Founder is typically the person who has the vision. They can tell you the direction. They can tell you where we're going in six months, 12 months, five years, 30 years, right? And all they want to do is operate in their genius. They want to create. They want to develop. They want to say, hey, I've got an idea for a course but then pass it off to the COO or the integrator, which is your chief operations officer. They're the person who handles the operations. So I see you, CEO. I hear your idea. The integrator can already think through the what ifs, the how to's, the the to do's, and they assign those things. So your integrator is going to be the person that you work with typically as a CEO founder most closely because they are going to be the person that can say, okay, in order to pull that challenge off, we need the marketing team. We need the sales team. We need the copy team. Mm -hmm. And they are going to find, they're going to get with the marketing manager. If you have these positions in place, they're going to get with your marketing manager. They're going to get with your uh, sales team manager. They're going to get with your email team manager, whatever, however you have it figured out. And they're going to say, Hey, this is what David needs. David needs copy for this. We're going to market this. We're going to market this. Your integrator is also the liaison. They're that buffer between the rest of the team and you. So any questions about a project, any of the details and all that, they've mas- they've they've figured that out. They've they've masterminded that idea and then they've delegated to the people who are assisting them. If those people who are assisting them need any type of clarity and feedback, they come to the integrator, not to the CEO founder, right? So that you stay free to just live and relish in your gift and you create, you're constantly creating new ideas. That's all you should be doing as the t- in, in a personal brand situation where you're a CEO. Now, other kind of companies work a little differently. Sometimes your CEO is hired help who's meant to do something different, but we're talking about us as personal brands in this space where we're CEOs, founders, and you just want to be free to act in your gift. Mm. You want to move around, Neo. You, yeah. you're, you're, you're out as a CEO, David, Neo, we're out creating new relationships. We're shaking the hands and blah, blah, blah. But your integrator knows how to follow up on that handshake deal. Your integrator will be watching this episode and saying, hey, David, Donnie, I saw that you guys said that you're about to create a a group thing with Neo. I've already kind of strategized this. Let's put Mm. the team in place. Here's when we're doing the first call. Check everybody's schedule. Mm. Let's say, for instance, Kenny's like, yo, um, he'll sell me a, a, a portion of his company. Now, the only thing I really know is I could probably wrap some merch around credit or um, start a podcast. For the, that's all I can really do. I would have to partner with Donnie. I would have to bring in Donnie because she's more business. Strategy. Strategy. She's going to go find that bread. 
Mm-hmm. Like I can go get money, but in terms of she organization, go do some other stuff to get the money. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, she's she's gonna set the business up to where it's a business. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't understand that part just yet. I think you do. You, you do just you. I don't want to do it. You don't want That's to do it. it. Yeah. But here's the thing. So I've been saying since like 2019 that my goal was to I wanted equitable partnerships in other businesses, and it was so it was. I kept thinking that I needed to do more like, oh, I can't wait to get to get to the point where I can have equity in these companies. But, you know, I'm thinking that I have to create a full fledged agency and it's a done for you and you got to do all these things. And you don't like people literally this is like the same thing as having people sit on your board and, you know, they're getting Mm -hmm. all this money to do. You don't have to physically do anything if you are great at facilitating information and ideas and strategy. That is my zone of genius. Right. I am going to drop the ball if you need me to execute anything for you. But if you need me to take tell you what to do and keep you accountable and making sure you get it done. We're going up. Neo is excellent at the execution, though. Neo. I got a team, too. It helps. Yeah, but I do be doing a lot of execution, yes. Yeah, he's an executor for sure. <laughs> Yo, why don't we have a company together? So here's the thing. First of all, don't do me, because you already know what I told you we're doing for Black Friday. What? I told you, me, you, and Kenny are putting together a mastermind. But I just thought about it, Neo. Really? So why don't we create a full-fledged business development agency? I, you don't remember me telling you that? I do remember. Okay. Yep. Uh, why don't we create a full-fledged business development agency that is everything from iteration, from product development to fulfillment to systems to marketing? And we just shut it all down. Hold on. But what are we going to do after this episode airs and mad people are hitting us up? And we're going please to, don't put it in my DM because it will get lost in the sauce. We are going to, okay. We're, this could be a play though. Because there's, yo, there's a lot of talented people out there. There's a lot of talented people that just need help. Yeah. But 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 we have to make a threshold though. It got to be the reason oh, why Hermosi with... went with ten million above because you already coming with something together. So then let's the do one to three million, million one million and above. Yeah. I think one even, million even maybe like five hundred even two hundred two hundred. Listen, because so a million is hard. Your first million to get the first million is, is difficult. So right now, if I work with someone one on one, they have to at least be doing two fifty, right? Yeah. And the reason for that is because at this level of of how I develop, you not only have to have enough disposable income to pay for my services, there has to be something left after that for you to actually implement, right? Mm. Grow the business, invest in systems, have a marketing budget. 250 is a good number. We look at what that looks like. Um, Anywhere from what, 250 to 5 million, 3 million, 10 million? Yeah, I'm sitting there trying to grab a way so they could go to a website. And, uh, <laughs> what, I, was, I was about to say we're gonna have a site at the end of this. So this could this this could be huge though because there's so many. Uh, but you gotta come with us with your stuff right though. Like it gotta be concise. Like so we gotta. The so thing is, let's we do gotta this. you gotta apply. Like we you gotta know, for sure. Everybody same way you gotta has apply to apply for acquisition. Well, yeah, what would be some questions that you would ask for a beginning entrepreneur to that that's gonna be soon in a position to even be looked at as some entrepreneurs that because I think this is actually genius on their end to connect with a me, Donnie, Neo. Like I I think think about Kenny, bring Kenny enough. But I, I I think that's genius because there's a lot of things that you don't know that you don't know. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of resources that are probably going to take you the next 10 years. Or took me 10 years to get these resources. Yeah. So what are some questions that you would ask, especially based on all the people that came into your mastermind? You know what people are struggling with. What are what are some things people that you would consider you take a look at? Um, who who like one thing is, you know, I like unique things. I talked to you the other day about somebody, and I was like, man, but it's kind of conflicting interest with somebody else you're working with. I'm like, man, I like he got work ethic, got something that not a lot of people not talking about, we should get behind it. So I'm always looking for. And this w- wouldn't be a question I asked, but what is the unique selling proposition? Like, what are you offering? Like, whether it's a physical product, whether it's a digital, like, what is it? Like, who is, like, what are you offering? That's the first thing. Second thing, how much money had, did you make last year? I think that's important for us to understand. Who's currently on your team? And what are you doing marketing-wise? Are you running Facebook? Because I need to quickly see what levers can we pull so we could just get more cash flow quicker. Mm-hmm. Are you, are, do you got continuity in this business? Like certain things that we could pull quick so we could just, I like to go see how we can instantly get somebody more money. Like when we work with somebody, if I'm able to, if you got a low ticket offer and we immediately take you to high ticket, I'm instantly getting more money in your business. True. And then we help you do the marketing. I know it's over with. So, those are a few questions I want to know. How much money you made last year? Who's on your team? Um, how much money you made last year? Who's on your team? What channels are you using to market currently? Those are a few questions where I could see. Uh, so not somebody that just has a really good idea. I don't really want. I need more than just an idea. Now we talking about Shark Tank. Because I was going to say, we could still do a session where we just do a Shark Tank style and we yeah. could just hear some stuff. But they got to be willing to implement. Shark Tank and them not doing anything. Their their team does a little bit, but you got to go work. Gotcha. We need, and, and what is your level of work ethic? That's the other key. Like, because I asked somebody, I was like, man, Neil, I want to jump in your mastermind, but I just don't execute. I said, well, it's probably, you won't get the results if you don't execute. Yeah. Like I don't even want to want you to invest your money. Yeah. Let's 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 give some some value to our listener on what does it take to even get the attention of someone who can actually help you? Like what does it take to get the attention of someone who can actually help you? Because I get this all the time. Yo, I got this idea. Shouts out to my man, I forgot his name, but he came to um our morning meetup event. And like he gave me a whole presentation on the idea. And I think one is he was talking to the wrong person because I that particular idea, I don't got nothing to do. Like it's not, one, it's not interesting to me. Two, I don't understand it. It was like bots about trading and all that kind of stuff. You're talking to the wrong person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's running through. All of this time, he's like, yo, I'll give you X amount of dollars for a few minutes of your time. I'm like, all right, I'll just give you the time. You got me the money. You're already in morning meetup. It's all good. So he's running, like, I'm talking about flip chart. He pulls out a flip chart and he's walking through it. And the only thing I could think of was, man, I don't care. <laughs> wow. He's going to he has a good eye. But when you are going into business with people, please understand the value that you bring in this partnership, mm-hmm. Right. Because, and this is a blanket statement, never give equity to anybody that you that could be work for hire. Never give equity to anybody who could be work for hire. Yeah. So, here, so, here, so here's what I mean by that. Here's what I mean by that. Is 
if I could hire, right, if I could hire a team to do videography for me, then why give my videographer equity in this podcast if that's the only thing they're going to do? Well, here's why. Tell me. Here will be my perspective. Yeah. When someone owns something, they they take care of it like it's their own. Yeah. And that might be the missing piece. Yeah. Right? You give somebody a paycheck, they're going to do a job. Yeah. Right? But if someone owns it, there's just another level of like going hard to take care of it. Yeah. And it's hard to find that through just an employee who's not super vested. Yeah. You know that, I mean? that, that's a great So this point. is this is why I always like uh I think uh I've every let me let me just make sure I'm not lying. Everyone that has worked with me for any ex- extended period of time, I've created or proposed some opportunity for them to partner with me on something. And did you give them the equity first or did they prove themselves? Well, for, yeah, you got to prove yourself for yeah. sure. So, that, so yeah. And like, might not say, I, I've had multiple conversations with Reese. Like we didn't like create something yet, but yeah. it's on the table. Yo, let's create this. Yeah. Like if you so, come up with an idea, let's do that. Because yeah. I know when you own something, you'll go hard. Yeah. And if you're going hard at it, and I'm going hard at it. Yep. Well, it's it's not one plus one equals two anymore. Yeah. It's like one plus one equals yeah, ten. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So 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 backtracking what I said, it you what I j- just to clarify what I what I said or what I meant was, um, if you and Reese have the idea mm-hmm. right for this thing, and you can hire him to do it, why would you come in 50-50 partners? Off rip for something that you can I hire. see. Well, well, if it's right. both your idea, then it makes sense. But if it's your idea, right. you have the idea. And right. You're saying, yo, we about to do this podcast. Right. We're going to do this and this and this. How much do you want? That yep. makes sense. Yeah. And then maybe throughout time, you yeah. say, yo, this person's going hard. Yeah. Let's create a and scenario. Then, and, and, so, and, so, and so that so that's what happened, right? So meaning, and, and this was the lesson that, that I want people to understand is, um, I had the idea, yeah. right? And... I needed people to pull in to help me execute the idea, right? But ultimately, the bulk of the, it's my idea, you know, I'm the talent, um, I'm, I'm the connect, I'm the connector, right? Like, how did we, how did we, how did we even get on the network? Like, was it, nobody had, that was me, like, you know what I'm trying to say? So, 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 so I have the idea. I have the connections to blow the idea to the next level. And you're the talent. I'm the talent. And he's already lit. And I, I already, right? had he's been lit for a long right? time. So I had a, already had a, a platform. Um, I allowed, you know, I got into a partnership in where I forgot who I was. Mm. Right? And so now I'm, equ- I'm equally distribute equity where I have the most to lose, I'm putting in the most, and 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 simply though, right? And there's no disrespect, but the truth is those two positions, what they added to the table, I hire for it now. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.